0: Hello everybody, welcome to the podcast or the Practice Manager webinar on Wednesday the first of September. We are very sorry that technical difficulties have meant that this has to be a recorded podcast and we're not seeing you live. So apologies for that. But we'll run through in the order we would have done um, if we were able to see you live. And obviously email any questions you have in um, after listening to this podcast um, as you can, because um obviously you can't ask them at the time. So um Michelle, I think we're gonna no we're not, we're gonna hold on to Helene. Helene, I think you're starting
1: with flu, please. Hi, good afternoon afternoon everybody um, just to let people know that um, we will be updating our lunch and learn we're in the process of doing that to reflect any of the changes for this year um, and last year and in fact the year before we produced a podcast um, we are anticipating that we will be doing that but probably not for a, another few weeks till we have all the information finalized and agreed and um, the top tips booklet which we did last year has now been updated on the on the website and the only other thing really to say is that we are waiting. We have heard that there will be a national protocol coming through, which will negate the need for um, PGDs and PSDs. As soon as we have that information, we will um, we'll obviously update you. Lovely. Thanks, Helene. That's
0: really helpful. Um, Michelle, I think you're going to do a little short bit on um, COVID, what we do and don't know.
1: Okay, so I've got a couple of bits to update on boosters. So the booster program, which is due to start next week, we're still waiting for some information and an update from the JCVI. They're still reviewing the, the research that's being done. Um, it's likely it may get delayed, but we're, as as with everything, we're waiting on the information. And as soon as we've got that um, we will share it with practices. The other area that I just wanted to update on was the 12 to 15 year olds being offered COVID vaccinations. Again, JCVI is still, uh, we're still waiting for them to make their recommendations, but we believe that it's uh, potentially it'll be imminently and uh, practices, PCNs will be asked to look at how this will be delivered. And I think that's all I wanted to update on COVID that's lovely thank you um are we going on to
0: um staff vaccinations um for care homes now michelle which is obviously a little bit complicated isn't it
1: yeah and we thought we'd uh, we'd start the discussion on this um and this is something that is going to uh, over the next uh, few weeks and months i'm sure will be affecting practices so just in case uh, practices aren't aware nhs england in their bulletin last week made uh, sent some sense information and stating that from the 11th of november this year anybody entering a care home will need to make sure that they are double vaccinated or that whether they are exempt and that there be medical evidence to provide that. So very usefully in their uh, in their bulletin they gave some bullet points of the things that practices need to think about now so just really quickly these are actively support staff to have their first covid vaccine and the deadline for that is the 16th of September because you need to make sure that they're double vaccinated by the 11th of November most staff will have possibly had this but it's worth just checking uh, and recording those carry out a proactive workforce planning um, to ensure only staff who are vaccinated or exempt are deployed to care homes. And as an LMC, we were looking to develop a spreadsheet that will enable you to record your staff within that. So log all your staff, look at whether they home visit, if they uh, have they had their COVID boosters, uh, COVID vaccines, are they exempt, and then to identify the ones that are visiting that may not be exempt or uh, may not have had their vaccine, and for you to then look at what work you need to do uh, with those members of staff. There is quite a lot of information, useful information, that has been provided by the gov.uk on the gov.uk website. And talks about maybe risk assessing those members of staff, looking at what mitigation you can put in place uh, and how you want to go forward. So as an LMC, we're currently looking at that and working with um, working with our legal advisors around what that might be. The other two areas that we would just suggest you need to be aware of that for under 18 so any staff that are under 18 and are going into nursing homes there's an exemption for them they do not need to be able to they do not need to evidence that um, that they've had a COVID vaccine or they're exempt and also to consider if you're recruiting new members of staff that are specifically for home uh, for visiting within a nursing home whether that that's a consideration around COVID vaccinations and exemption is it, going to need to be required. I think the only other thing just to mention is that the evidence of COVID vaccines can be done via the NHS app, and NHS the NHS website, or from the COVID letter that you would get uh, the COVID vaccine letter from one one nine if you contact them. So really, it was just to highlight that over the next com- over the coming weeks, there's some work to be done for practices. We're going to look to provide a spreadsheet, and we're looking at seeking some advice uh, that you that you'll be able to use, and uh, we will share that once it's available. That's brilliant. Thanks,
0: Elaine. Thanks, Michelle. I can just imagine um, for staff now that's um, yeah. There's just there's lots in that, isn't there? And for there the practice is. managers, there's lots to manage. And I know you're going to hopefully do a podcast with an employment law specialist to try and sort of yeah. unpick some of that for
1: um, for the practice managers as we go through. Absolutely. And I think the, probably the first step is to do a stock take of what yeah. you, you know where your staff are at with um, COVID vaccines and whether you've got any staff that are exempt. That's probably the first step, and then to identify from those um what you need to do from that point and the, the suggestion is that there's a risk assessment and we want to look at how we can help with some of that
0: yeah and we have got um access to people who can help us with that so maybe a template on that would be quite helpful wouldn't it yep. okay that's lovely thank you um dawn i think it's your turn now um so if you're um, happy to update us please on um, shingles and shingles. thank you
2: lovely thanks louise yes from the 1st of september uh, GPs um, should now be offering um, a new non-live shingles vaccine called Shingrix to all those who are eligible for the shingles vaccination but are co- clinically contraindicated to receive the live Zosterfax, um, which would be due to an immunocompromised status. Um, this is all based on recommendation from the JCBI. Uh, Shingrix is available for you to order via Inform as you do other... Um, immunisations um but it should only be for those that are eligible for shingles vaccination but again can't have the live Zostervax. Um, it is a two-dose schedule with shingrix. The second dose is administered two months following the first dose um, and it's also um, worth noting that there is a Public Health England letter um, about this which w- we could publish the link as well I'm sure via Um, or next to our podcast, if anyone wants to have a look. Um, Added to this on the gov.uk website, the Green Book uh, chapter on shingles, which is 28A. This has been extensively revised and includes some details about shingrix. So we would recommend that... um, you make all staff aware of this that would be involved in the programme, particularly obviously your nurses. Um, they might want to have a look at the whole of Chapter 28A, um, because there's obviously a little bit more in there than just a uh, detail of Shingrix if it is an, an extensive revision as they put it. Thanks, Louise. Brilliant.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. Thank you, Dawn. And now we're going to come to the topic that actually hit the national headlines, hasn't it?
1: Blood bottles. Um, Michelle, what do we know about that, and what should practices be doing at the moment? So this is the hot topic in mm. the moment, and I'm sure practices are spending a huge amount of time on um, managing uh, managing patients and the re and the cancellation of appointments. So. I think most people will be aware that the NHS England issued a letter on the 26th of August. Um, there was obviously communication prior to that but the most recent one has been the 26th of August and they're asking practices and so primary care and community to halt testing until the 17th of September for except for clinically urgent testing. And they've included in that the bloods that are required to facilitate two-week wait referrals, bloods that are extremely overdue and or essential for safe prescribing of medication or monitoring of a condition. Bloods that are taken could avoid a hospital admission or prevent an onward referral and those with suspected sepsis or conditions with a risk of death or disability. So those are the areas that they're asking practices to prioritise. As as an LMC, clearly we're concerned by the implications of this and uh, we are writing and in contact with all CCGs and local authorities seeking assurance in the following areas. I think the key bit is the messaging to patients so that everybody's crystal clear this is a national issue, not a local issue, and that actually to try and reduce the contacts uh, that patients will inevitably um, contact practices as they're concerned also following on from that support for managing the increase in patient complaints potentially this is going to increase contacts and then finally support in relation to locally commissioned services uh, that potentially have a A phlebotomy element to that and to look to seek um, a request that these are income protected until the end of the financial year we continue to work with ccgs on this and as soon as we've got any update um, we will share that with um, we will share that with practices i know that local ccgs are looking to put out more guidance so it's absolutely crystal clear what practices need to do and what and what um, blood tests need to continue Um, and as i say we continue to work with them on that
0: thanks michelle and is that information on our website if people want to just check what we've said is have we put that anywhere in particular or are we doing it in an email on the newsletter so i
1: think um we will have put something in the newsletter okay. last week uh what might be useful is that we put i think we're due to obviously issue another newsletter this week and yeah. i suspect it will be in there
0: yeah I, th- I think it will be in and obviously we will update people as and when and um, if we hear any more so thank you for that that's obviously yes a massively hot topic and i just want to remind you of our spaces to th- thrive that were especially for our practice managers and um, facilitated by our practice manager supporters there are places for you to literally develop chat work together um, it's going to be a tough few months if, as if it hasn't been over the last few months and we really want to support you in any way we possibly can the first ones have just started and they've gone really well um, a, a good number of you have already signed up so please do um, you don't have to be in a particular place geographically or mentally to do this and um, we just want to be with you and work with you as much as we. Possibly Possibly can. So, apologies once again for the technology breakdown we've had today. Um, but hopefully, this podcast has been useful. And any um, links we've mentioned, we'll certainly put out And um, with the podcast. And any queries you have following this, please get in touch. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.